Welcome to the Two Putt Podcast. Two Putt for Par. Iowa's number one golf podcast. Yeah, but three putt is Snakesville. One part golf. Basically, it comes down to the fact that golf is hard. And one part business. But if it makes money, it makes sense. Mixing business with pleasure, these guys know how to have fun. This is the Two Putt Podcast. That's what we do. Two putters, welcome back to another episode of the Two Putt Podcast, Iowa's number one golf podcast, and we are so glad you're with us. We're so glad to be back. A um, little time away, schedules are crazy, but uh, Ryder Cup is coming, so we had to get on. We had to bring on an extra guest to help us out, break this whole thing down. Um, we'll get to Tros and, and all of his expertise here before, before we do, guys. How's everyone doing tonight? we got to catch up a little bit. Steggy, how's the golf team? What's uh what's good on that end? We're uh, just rolling along. We played two tournaments. We hosted one, played really well as a team. Just played over in Galena last weekend in the Midwest Region Classic. Got third out of 24 teams. So off to a good start to the year. I uh, got a busy week though coming up. I'm trying to figure out how this is going to go. We play Sunday, Monday in, at Loris College's invite, and then I'm hopefully going to the Ryder Cup on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we play Friday and Saturday in our home invite, and then we play on Sunday. So I don't know how I can schedule a pod next week if we could. Are, are you going to be married after this week? A lot of golf. Yeah, she knows what she signed up for. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I had to run it by the boss first, so she she said I'm covered, so it's good. Better keep up the keep up the honeydews around the house, so uh, stay on the good side. So, Lee, how are things at your end? Um, busy, busy time of the year, fall sports um, in full swing. Had an opportunity to get out and play at all. Well, I played with Trosty a couple of weeks ago. I guess I don't even know how long ago it was. Trost, how long ago was that? Uh, it was probably what three weeks ago now. Was it that long? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, it's at least don't it's last. it's two or three weeks for sure. At least two. Yeah, I don't remember how over the last time I played. I'm playing uh, in a little two-person Ryder Cup on Sunday with Travi Johnson at uh, Woodland Hills. So that'll be fun. So maybe I should swing it before then sometime. Might not be a bad idea. So two person, twenty seven hole, right? You play the executive yeah. nine out there. The executive um, nine is is best ball. I know that. And then it's either the front and back are our best shot, and then modified alternate where you both get to tee off. Ooh, that's not bad then. No, no. So as I say, how how's the game gonna stack? How are you and Travis's game gonna stack up for alternate? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it stacks up for any of it, to be honest with you. It'll just be fun. It's, I mean, 27 holes and it's like 50 or 60 bucks for the tournament. That's not bad. Yeah. And do you get almost all of Woodlands tournaments, you get a free 18 next time you're out. Do they give that for that yeah. one too? Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, they generally give out that with every tournament they have. Yeah. That's always a nice little, nice little perk. So, um, Trosty, welcome in, man. Uh, how's the game? When's the last time you got a chance to swing them? Uh, so, yeah, I was, I was just looking. So, it, it's going to be three weeks tomorrow, Lee, that we played. 
uh, at Indianola Country Club. I actually played pretty well there. Shot 74. Lee navigated me around pretty well. So, um, and then I played one other time up here once I got back, and it was it wasn't quite as good. I think it was 84 once I got back up here. So, uh, but it's been two weeks I think since that was. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Don't know how many how many more times I'm going to get out here before the end of the year, but. Um, I got a trip to Lasonia coming up here beginning of October. So looking forward to that. But other than that, I don't know how often we're going to be getting out up here. That just, that just shows how easy Indianola Country Club is. Let's get that out there right now. I think it's hard. Yeah. I would agree. It's it's not easy. And if you've never played it before, thankfully Lee was there because there were some shots I would have. He talked me out of hitting driver or hitting this shot or that shot. But uh if you don't know what you're doing out there, you're going to struggle. I mean, if Trost is firing 74, let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, I had the putter. You going. did have the putter going. That was unbelievable. If I hit the green regulation, it was going in. That always helps the score. You get a, get a hot putter and uh, look out. Uh, makes makes all the difference in the world. So, um, all right. So going through real quick, each one of you. Um, Time is running out. We don't have a ton of a, a ton of good days left to get out, but uh, always something that needs improvement. Staggy, let's start with you since you started. Number one thing in your game that uh, needs to be improved before you put the sticks away for the year. Well, my driver is broken now, so I need yes. I have, finally, I have, re- I have to replace Big Blue since she went down on me. So the R five, the Taylor made R five eighty was good for the last. 16 years so i'll be in i'm in the market for i haven't decided what i'm going to get yet doing a little bit of research here uh so what what do i have to fix well i got to get a driver at my bank we'll go that route what so what are you thinking what are you leaning towards i mean this is this is news right here that uh staggy's breaking in the market for a driver i mean you got to be leaning at least in a direction yeah i mean i i i like tailor-made uh I've been getting kind of steered towards a Callaway Epic. They've, I've heard good things about that. I, uh, I know Claude. You have a ping. Yep, love it. The ten times you've hit it this year. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm leaning TaylorMade. I'm intrigued by the Callaway. I had a Titleist before. I didn't hit it well. I did have. Big Blue, let's just say this. I used her for quite a while. I did have a Titleist uh, for about two months, and I couldn't hit it, so I got rid of it. Uh, so then I went back to the R580. But now it's – she's retired for good. We we put her six feet under, so we're good to go. TaylorMade probably. It's time to time to get in the new age of technology. You'll, you'll be amazed. Uh, I, I need uh, Steggy to elaborate, though. How did that, did you snap it or did it, was it unintentional break? It was not intentional. Uh, no, I, I, I haven't broken. That thing's been cracked though for years. I haven't intentionally broke a club since probably 2008. So that was a 60 degree wedge that I just kind of hit on the ground next to the green and it snapped. So that was the last club that I had broken. I, so 
I had a ball and I kind of tossed it in the air and just hit it with the, the head of the club. It was one that we had just found by the Nomo and it kind of caught it a little on the hosel. And I was like, oh boy, I think this is going to break. So about on the 11th hole, I teed off and used big blue. And I was just kind of leaning on it and it just snapped down in the, down in the, the shaft and head area. So no repair necessary. She's retired. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like one of those, uh, we don't make parts for that anymore. Type of deal. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't repairing that thing anyway. So. So, I, so I played a practice round with our guys uh, in Galena last week. So I didn't have a driver. So I was kind of alternating between two or three different bags in our, in our group to hit driver. So I was trying to get them tested out during the, during that process. It's a good way, good way to do it. Good way to go about it. Lee, what's the one thing in your game you'd hope to fine tune before you put the clubs away? Uh, I feel like I'm a little bit of Ricky Fowler right now. Like I've spent so much time, like trying to be more consistent striking the ball that I can't make a putt from like five feet. I cannot do it. So I need to spend a little time on the practice screen and just hit some putts. That's, that's a good one. Obviously to go in reverse on Trosty, you make two putts, you score well. So Trosty, what about you, man? What do you, what do you, what are you focusing on here to end the end the year? Oh, for me, it's hundred percent the driver. It's been the worst club on my bag this year. I go as my driver goes. So if I'm, at least if I'm finding my ball with my driver, I'm going to shoot a pretty good score. But if it gets sideways, then I, then I, then I'm going to struggle this year. So hundred uh, percent the driver. Well, it sounds like maybe you should hit three iron then according to how things went uh, in Enola. Yeah, it was three iron's been one of my better clubs in the bag. That's, that's been the old trusty this year. Got me out of some situations and put me in great ones. So, there you go. Sometimes uh, it all comes down to swallowing your pride and making some decisions, right, Coach? Yeah, three iron off the tee isn't such a bad play. <laughs> as long as it gets a scoring club in your hands. Two, two three irons is is better than – Driver punch out wedge. D -stick. I was going to say <laughs> driver drop. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, take some, sometimes it just takes a little growing up, you know, you just gotta maybe get those kids to grow up a little bit. Maturation. It's a process. It certainly is. So, all right. So a couple headlines here, guys, to talk about before we get into the actual breakdown of this and some of the stuff that's going on, obviously the first and probably, um, the biggest is this whole Brooks Kepka deal and some of his comments that have recently come out. Um, as far as downplaying the Ryder Cup a little bit. And the, I guess the thing I don't get about this, and I haven't done that deep of a dive into it, is the fact that, like, you know, Brooks is the guy who talks about being an athlete, not just a golfer, and, and kind of harps on that and, you know, is, is boys with these guys in different sports and, and all that. But um, then in the next breath, he talks about how he just really wants to be responsible for himself and, just doesn't want to be involved in a team sport in which case then if you don't want to be involved it does would somebody else like to step up and take that position but uh what are you guys thoughts as far as brooks i know it's come out now you know initially wrist injury but he'll be there he's going to be joining the team um any takeaways from that 
I think he's the reason why, not just him, but that mindset is the reason why the U.S. seems to struggle against the Europeans in the Ryder Cup. Like these guys on the Euro team, they love this event. I would say all 12 guys on that team would probably say it's their favorite event. And, and on the U.S., it's not 12. We know that. Um, and I would guess there are other guys that probably feel similar to, to that or to how Brooks does. So I, I don't know. I think there's that, that mix of, of talent and who really wants to be there. Brooks certainly has the talent, but I, he clearly doesn't want to be there. I think there's probably a better fit on the team than him. But when you qualify automatically, it's pretty hard to not let the guy on the team. Yeah, I, Brooks, whole, his whole shtick he's got going on here, that this tough guy, this it, that's Brooks. Uh, it's concerning going into the Ryder Cup for sure because you look at the U.S. team and it's like, who do you pair with them? Uh, oh, I told Brian earlier who you pair with him. Bryson. Bryson. He can have his mangled hands. Brooks can not want to be there. We'll just throw those two, the sacrificial lambs, and then we'll try to win all the other matches. If those two are playing in the same group together on the same team as partners, <laughs> how close <laughs> do they get to each other each hole? I don't think we have to worry about social distancing there. I would say throw them at the four ball together. They can do their own thing, compete against each other. Hopefully that helps them out. They can come out with a dub. I'd love to see them play alternate, to be completely honest with you. Well, I, I, don't think... know if, I don't know if anybody wants to play alternate shot with Bryce. I, I, I might because – I can't even come close to hitting a ball within 150 yards of him. So I'd like to play alternate shot with him because I could put him in some pretty bad well, spots. Well, I think too. that's what they would do because they would be like, watch where I put him. <laughs> I think Brian's trying to talk, but we can't hear him. Yeah, he's trying to throw in some knowledge, but it's not coming through for us. So yeah, I feel like those two would just try to – Sorry for the language. Fuck with each other, though. Oh, which would be fun. Can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I think it would be fun. It'd be fun to see those guys together. And and like you said, if nothing else, I mean, just sacrifice one group as opposed to putting splitting those guys up and sacrificing two groups. But um, so and obviously with the whole Bryson deal and <laughs> mangled hands working on the long drive or whatever the hell he's doing. Is such a joke, but uh, as long as we're talking about that, so if these two slash weren't available, or if we found a way to get them off there, who was who's next? Who's this? Who got snubbed on maybe the captain captain's pick that we would maybe like to see on this team? Kevin Nanana. -na -na. I honestly, I don't know if they got snubbed, but my next two I'd pick are Billy Ho and Kevin Na. I. I would hate to play Kevin non match play besides that. He's way better than me. I'm saying if I was really good, he would drive me crazy because he makes everything. So, and then mm -hmm. captain America, obviously 
not available or we don't know what the deal there is. I mean, so so say Captain America is available, Kevin Nah, Billy Ho. Yeah, you get to pick two of those three. I think if Reed wouldn't have got gotten sick, I think he was in. And then and then you're doing the uh, the Burger Scheffler dance and figuring out which one of those two is is going to be in. Um, I a fully healthy Patrick Reed has to be in the Ryder cup. He's exactly the guy that we're talking about that does want to be a part of that team and is going to grind out how many ever holes he's able to play as opposed to maybe those other guys that are like, whatever, I'm going to go win the next masters. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked at the Ryder cup standings enough been a little tied up with things so I can't exactly pick out I know Webb Simpson would have been not too far down the list there he was like 13th 14th somewhere on the points I uh, but I don't see Webb being a guy to pick so I mean I would rather pick Kevin now over Webb based off of this year the way they're playing currently kind of the form that they're in so I don't know that's that's a tough call but I Reed would be in in my opinion if all things were healthy and on point Webb's form has been really bad for quite some time yeah i would yeah. agree i'm i'm out i'm out on web he just he you bring him into babysit anyway and we're good we don't need that so him and all his kids <laughs> yeah well and then he's like he if you look back at his pairings, they, he always gets the worst, wildest cowboy that has to be paired up with Webb because they hope that he can, like, calm him down. But, um, you know, it's just, I mean, he's always been with Bubba and Reed. And so, I, I don't know. It's just staggy. I mean, Kevin Na, player comp, it has to weigh into you wanting him on the squad too, right? I usually make everything I look at too. So, I can, I, I can relate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I – I'm not a big Kevin Nah guy, but he you can't argue with his results and what he's done this year. I mean, what he went over out at the Sony, uh, and then obviously played exceptional at the Tour Championship at the end of the year. I mean, on a course that doesn't necessarily fit his style either. So, I mean, I think that kind of shows that just his ability to get around and play any course and play well at any course is impressive. So. Now would have been fun to see because he'd give you that walk it in from six feet when he's burying a birdie putt on somebody to get you fired up. So I'd like to see a little bit of that action rather than a little bit of, I don't know, Scotty Scheffler burger, just kind of like, Oh, whatever, look at you and eh, whatever. I think Scheffler had to be in though, because they need some youth. Like they have to start building Ryder cups for the future too. And he's a, he's a guy that's going to be around. I think he was going to be in. I do think Scheffler over Berger is my, like I, if it came I down agree. to those two guys, I would, I would take Scheffler over Berger. I, I thought the Berger ship has sailed for me. I, I'm not a big fan of that uh, guy's game or him in general. So he's really, cool. good, but. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think I shared with you guys the whole my dad's feelings on uh, Berger just from his experiences with him. He's not the most uh, 
polite guy in the world to his, even his own teammates, uh, the guys that he has in his inner circle. Uh, he doesn't seem to treat very well. So I'm out on Berger. But the other guy I threw out there is a young guy. And I don't know if I necessarily have a great reason, but he's he's had a decent year. It's Sam Burns, another guy that he can bomb it. Um, and again, going to, back to Lee's point, just a little bit of youth on the American side. You know, he's kind of an up-and-comer. Uh, but him and, and Kevin Na, I mean, because I think about whatever year that was, Ian Poulter just got hot with the putter. And it was so infuriating because he literally made everything he looked at. And that's something Kevin Knock, he could come in and just piss people off by just rolling in putts. That's every Ryder Cup with Ian Poulter. What are you talking about? (laughs) There was that one year in particular where I, was that the miracle at Medina? Might've been. He He was unreal at Medina. Where he just couldn't miss. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I think that, uh, and we'll get into this obviously when we start to break down the the U.S. team a little bit more. But uh, uh, obviously, we were talking about it in our group chat a little bit as far as what the, who the picks were going to be. We knew who the top six were and who was who was coming in after that, and it kind of seemed to to pretty much fall into a similar shape in which that we thought. Um, I know Lee, you and I were talking. You know, Sky Scheffler seems like a good fit, and um, as I said, I think that was. I think he earned his spot from playing well in the match play event um, earlier in the year and making it the final against Billy Ho and, um, and obviously just being able to perform down the stretch. But uh, yeah, some of these guys get hot, Kevin and on and on. I mean, that's, that's one of them that would, would be interesting to see what happens, but uh, regardless, let's go with Ryder cup. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so with that, let's jump into a quick break and then uh, we'll come back and, and, and talk about whistling straights. If you're a loyal listener to the Two Pub Podcast, and I know all of you are, then you know that Mormon Clothers is our sponsor of Who's Career. And since we're not doing a Who's Career this week, I still wanted to jump on and shout out Mormon Clothers and let all of you guys know about the promotion that they put in place. So now when you go on and you shop at Mormon Clothers and you put in the code Two Putt Podcast, actually I think it's just Two Putt, just put in Two Putt, you will get 15% off and free shipping. So it's a no-brainer now. Jump onto Mormon Clothers, check them out, put in our code 2PUT, get some sweet gear, get free shipping, sent to your house, taken care of the way that you should as a loyal listener to the 2PUT podcast. Hit them up, Mormon Clothers, Mason City and Ames. All right, welcome back to Putters, our Ryder Cup week. We're excited, looking forward to it. Some of us, two of the two of the four on the pod, have plans on on going and checking out and taking in the excitement. Um, one of us has had the opportunity to to play the straights course, and so it only seemed um, fitting that uh, guest, friend, fan, John Trost, take us through a little bit. Western straights. What can we expect uh, up there in Kohler? Um, and ultimately, course kind of setup. Obviously, everyone's kind of heard or read. We're trying to set it up to to favor the bombers on the United States side. Um, still going to be some placement and some putts are going to have to be made out there. But uh, what are some some things that uh, you're looking forward to and, and some of the breakdown on the course that you have for us? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I had the, the opportunity to play it um, this last summer here in June. And 
you know, they talk about Whistling Straits being a bomber's course, but, you know, us amateurs, you go out there and you play it, and it's like you get it off the, the fairway, and it's, I mean, uneven lies. You know, you obviously you're in the no-mo, uh, getting those dunes, and it can it can mess with you. But obviously they're, you know, the pros for a reason, and they're very accurate. So uh, it'll be interesting, but um, – you know, the, the rough out there, it, it really isn't that much. So I, that's probably why they talk about it being a bomber, you know, because the fairway, obviously, and then you get the rough and then you get into the normal. But for them and where they're playing from, uh, they got some pretty big landing areas. So, uh, you know, I can see how it, it should fit the U.S. Uh, but the Europeans, they always figure out a way when the Ryder Cup comes comes around. So. Uh, it'll be interesting, but, you know, of course, you know, looking at the front nine, um, you know, where I, I think some action could start is around, you know, hole four. Um, you know, I think it's, it might be, it's either the first or second handicap, um, hole. It's the first handicap, number one handicap hole. Um, I don't, and I was looking at the scorecard here, 494 yard par four. Um, that's from the blacks. I, I can't remember if there's even a championship tee after that, but I mean, the blacks is almost 7,800 yards. So I can't imagine they're getting farther back than that. Um, it's a poke and walking back to some of those tees as we were playing it, just to, just to see what they're looking at. You, you literally can't see anything. It's like, where do you even hit it? And that's part of the, you know, Pete died, the design. It's just, he just messes with you mentally. Everything looks way more intimidating than it actually is once you get up there in those landing areas and things like that. But, um, you know, so you got the number one handicap hole in hole four. Hole five, um, it's called snake, and you have to fit your drive in between, you know, there's water on the right, water on the left, and then to go for the green and two, you have to carry it over water, uh, and it's all carried in the water. So you could see, you know, whether you try to go for it in two there in some of those matches or do you lay up, uh, you know, you could see some swings there early. And then you get into hole six and Steggy, when we go, we'll have to walk over there because depending on where the flag is on that green, it's either a drivable par four if the, if the pin's up or if they put it back, there's no chance you go for it uh, off the tee because I'm not kidding. The, the bunker that guards the back of that green is the steepest bunker I have ever seen in my life. It's got to be at least 20 feet deep when you stand there and it's, it's straight up. Um, and it's only about, I mean, it's the circumference of that bunker is probably three yards by three yards, but that green back there is probably only 10, 10 yards by 10 yards. It's, it's a small, section of that green so when and the, that pin will be back there so it'll be interesting to see what guys decide to do um you know when they get to hole six because that could could swing a match uh one way or the other uh, you know early on on that front nine so uh, you know and then hole seven is that's the infamous uh john daly where he chucked his club into the water uh, the thing about whistling the par threes are, are what really make that course, but 
from a Ryder Cup standpoint, I don't think they'll, you know, they could create a little bit of drama, but it's more the scenery on those things is what is what makes those really nice. So I don't think they'll come into play too much um, from a from a match standpoint. But uh, that's kind of what I had down for the front nine, back nine. Um, you know, there's not too too much going on that we were kind of talking about earlier. Hopefully, some matches get to the 18th hole because that's that hole makes the entire back nine uh, long par four. You're hitting back towards the clubhouse. The green sits down in a little bowl with the clubhouse kind of overlooking everything. Um, and like when we played it, they have a bunch of chairs up there where everybody that's playing, they kind of are, are sitting up there having a beer or whatever, kind of looking over watching guys come in. Um, and what was nice when, when we played it actually is, we, we teed off just before lunch. So by the time we got around, it was close to dinner time. And they, were, they actually had a guy playing a bagpipe um, up by the clubhouse as we were walking up 18, which was pretty sweet. So, um, well, yeah, it's – Steggy, have you ever been on property? No, sir. The, the thing that will be interesting is the, the spectators. I will say it's not the greatest course to watch from. Uh, just because there's not great places to stand uh, with all those dunes and whatnot. So um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of the reaction is um, you know, from the fans of, of being able to see the action and things like that. But um, that's the one thing I took away after finally getting to play it was it's a heck of a lot easier to walk as a player in the fairways than it is for those spectators outside. So um you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what Steve does, uh, Stricker as, as the captain and how exactly he goes to set it up, but, uh, definitely looking forward to the week. It's going to be a great week, obviously for the state of Wisconsin. Um, and it's just going to bring a lot of excitement to the area. So looking forward to it. So obviously a big part of this is going to be weather. Um, you know, we're, we're moving into that time of the year where you could have wonderful weather we could have wind we could have rain it could be cold it could be a lot of things um and so that's kind of hard to know or predict but uh i guess specifically from a course layout how many how many of them run then along the lake and and how big of i mean obviously if the wind's blowing out there they're all, every hole is going to be impacted but the ones along the water is it is it five or six of the holes that run along there yeah so it's uh you know one doesn't go two is where you get your first glimpse of the water uh, all the par threes are along the water. So on both, both nines. Um, so hole three is a par three that runs along the water. Hole four runs along the water. Um, so it's really two, three, four on the front. And then um, 11, 12, 13, and then 17 on the back are right along the water there. Um so that, and that kind of goes back to the whole setup of just whistling straights in general. They really built it around those par threes, I think, uh, because all four of them are sitting right on the edge. And so you get two with the water on your left, and then you flip around and you get two par threes with the water on your right. Um, and 17 is probably the best one out of all of them. Uh, I ended up down by the water on that one. The water was on the left, and I was pretty much like, if it would have went another two yards, I would have been in the water, but she stayed up and almost made a miraculous par save from down there, but missed the putt. So, um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it's you're, you're looking at just shy of half the holes run right along the water there. And you mentioned, obviously, from a spectator standpoint, it is going to be difficult. Um, not their first time, uh, obviously, hosting a, a big event like this. The Ryder Cup is always a little bit um, different because, you know, you don't have every hole being used like you would in a normal tournament. Um, and so you're kind of focusing on the first couple holes and moving people through. Uh, from, from that standpoint, what do you see from, from a grandstand standpoint um, where maybe a few potential uh, good spots will be and then just from a logistics standpoint so, as far as getting people in there obviously uh, the area is not um, something that's heavy populated but uh, they know what they're doing and so I imagine shuttling people in and, and, and getting some places for for people to go but uh, what do you anticipate with some of that yeah so obviously hole one I mean I've, if you've seen the pictures of the grandstands around hole one it's just unbelievable and how they get those to you know how they get those stands even with where they build those things and the terrain is, is unbelievable. Uh, so one is going to just be electric uh, based on the looks of it. Um, and then they, at least I was there for the 2015 PGA. Uh, as I kind of mentioned with 18, it's kind of sits down in a, in a bowl anyway. So then they just build the stands around it. So 18 is going to be um, have a nice little grandstand, but again, with the Ryder cup, you never know if they're going to get to 18. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what kind of atmosphere 18 brings uh, as the week goes on. But, and then, you know, as I mentioned, some of the par threes uh, right along the water there, you, you can sit up there for days because even when there's not guys coming through, you know, just the views from, from the par threes are, are phenomenal. So uh, those are probably going to be the, the big areas to hit from a, from a grandstand standpoint, I would imagine. Um, but then, yeah, as far as getting people in there, they have, um, you know, big grass areas just outside property and then you park there and then they bus you in, um, to the main gates there. Um, but what's interesting, so they have the Irish course there too, as well. But you, when you go there, you would never know, obviously, you know, there's another course there, but they, you know, for the PGA, they had the huge merchandise tent. It was set up right in the middle of, you know, I think it was hole five of the Irish course, you know, just right in the middle. So uh, they obviously know what they're doing and, and where to put things and how, the, how to get people in and out of there uh, for the week. So uh, definitely looking forward to it, but uh, excited to see what Steggy thinks of it once, once we get him on the, on the grounds and being able to walk it and uh, get his take on it. So uh, are they going to have any cold beers out there? There, there will be a few, few beverages being tossed. Milwaukee's best, or what's, uh, what's the drink of choice uh, up there? <laughs> it's at least where I live, it's no different than Iowa. It's Bush lattes for everybody around here. But okay. uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's a three street, three sheep's brewing. That's, that's right over by the course. Uh, I was listening to uh, the subpar podcast with Colton Olson, Drew, and I know they're all going to be there. Um, at the three sheets spring, that's kind of where they're going to be stationed for the week. So uh, maybe, maybe Steggy and I'll hop over there and, you know, you may go, pot, go pot for pod with them. Drop oh, off. Oh, a, yes. Drop off a two putt uh, ball marker <laughs> and a decal maybe. See there we go. Um, maybe challenge them to a little uh, foursomes action. Absolutely. Or four ball action. We could head over to the bowl, which is uh that's at Sheboygan Falls, and that's it's a Jack Nicholas course. Uh, 
it's one that it's it's very underrated for the area just because everybody when they come to you know Sheboygan they're thinking they're going to the Kohler properties but uh the bowl is actually one of the harder courses I've ever played in the area for sure but it it, it gets overlooked just you know where it's at which is understandable uh we might have our hands full a little bit with the uh, subpar guys but I know we can take down the barstool guys where are they those guys going to be at They'll be around somewhere, I hear. Don't know where, but they'll be there. They're actually, I, I did hear they're running a par three uh, tournament at over at Black Wolf Run, the other Kohler property uh, at the new Baths. It's called the Baths. That's their new par three course that just opened up this year. I heard, I saw they're running a par three tournament there one of the days. I don't know which one, but so they'll be there. You guys might have to go over there and throw down with them too. I'd go throw some darts over at the par three course. Absolutely. No, that's good. Well, that's uh, appreciate it, Trost. That's a great insight. And yeah, we'll be interested to see um, if Staggy actually comes back from his journey and is able to get on and what, share his thoughts a little bit after his, his week that he has. But um, with that, we're sliding a little bit um, for those of you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not new to the Ryder Cup, but to, just to skim over the format, um, We'll talk a little bit about that. We had uh, um, another gentleman lined up to cover the, the format for us, but uh, he had to bow out at the last minute. And Scared. so he might be a little nervous about uh, coming on this Iowa's number one golf podcast. But um, so with that, Lee, why, why don't you give us the format um, as far as uh, what we can expect uh, going out in a couple of the sessions and then, um, we'll just kind of, we'll just spitball them here a little bit and talk about obviously the ones that are going to be the most challenging and where hopefully the U S can find an advantage in a few of them. So there's really three formats and they just run to the two, correct? For the first two days, foursomes and four ball. Is there a certain order they do those in? Honestly, I have no idea. I feel like they'd play alternate second every day just to mess up everything. I feel like you're right. Steg, you're nodding your head. Do you know? Or are you? I believe that's correct. I didn't look for sure. Yeah, it seems like the way they would do it. Um, And then obviously Sunday is 12 singles matches. But, you know, the, the format is different than everything they're used to doing on the the first two days which is i think why the u.s seems to struggle the first two days singles they always seem to be fine right because then they're just doing their thing but the the format is kind of what makes the Ryder cup um because it is team and that's different than besides that tournament in new orleans you know it's different than what they do so i don't know i think that's probably always going to be something that we should think about we as in Americans when we're picking the team, but um, I'm not quite sure we figured that part out yet. Let me, let me ask you guys this. And I think I, we talked a little bit about it with the, with the Narlands um, event too, but um, so alternate shot, how big, <laughs> How big a difference do you think it makes? Obviously, I know how big of a difference it makes for us, but how big a difference do you think it makes for the pros to hit different to hit different ball? So if you're playing with a guy, 
you know, that plays a Chrome soft and you're used to playing a pro V1. Do you, do you think it matters at all? Psychologically maybe, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's really insignificant besides again, that you're looking down and seeing something different than you're used to the seeing now their their golf balls are so specific to them too that maybe they they do react differently than you know what they're used to but you still got to hit fairways and you still got to hit greens and you still got to make putts bottom line so we're going to correct this here it goes for some four ball for some four ball so alternate shot is how they start the day with the morning mm. session okay four ball is the afternoon session on Friday and Saturday. So uh, I'm just going to feedback on that. It is a psychological thing, I believe. Playing somebody else's ball uh, might look different, have a different marking on it, however they want to approach it. So I think it's more of a psychological thing than an actual, uh, you know, than anything else. What do you think? Uh, obviously, we've all played in, in plenty of, of best shots, and you end up hitting a lot of shots that you wouldn't normally hit in your game. Um, you know, alternate shot is going to be relatively similar for these guys coming in from different yardages than maybe they're used to. Um, you know, Lee, going back to your point, too, a little bit, is that something that uh, the U.S. just struggles to, to understand that uh, we're working together or is it just really that difficult for them? Because it seems like the alternate shot just always – the U.S. comes out and gets a little bit of a slow start and then are, are playing catch-up the rest of the time. Well, I think it's, it's more of the embracing everything that we struggle with. You know, like not that they aren't going to go play golf. I mean, they're obviously going to do that, but – understand before you start that you are going to hit some different shots than maybe you're used to hitting or that you would hit normally at that course you know i mean but it still comes down to they hit shots in a normal round where they don't generally hit it so then they have to figure it out and and i think embracing that ahead of time like okay i understand this is going to happen i'm just going to have to figure it out and hit good shots as opposed to, well, geez, now I get done. Well, we got beat seven and six. You know, I wasn't hitting any shots that I'm used to hitting. Like, we don't care. Like, go hit them. Well, Mike, I mean, they're all so good at every aspect of the game anyway. Like, I mean, what's the di- – I get there's a difference, but those guys are so good from 80 yards and they're so good from 110 yards and they're so good from 150 yards. Yes, they're a little bit better at different areas, but – don't tell me that Colin Morikawa, the best iron player in the world, is not really good from all those distances. So, to me, sack up and make a play. Bingo. Well, that's where, you know, when we were talking about potential pairings, before we we knew who Stricker's captain's picks were going to be, I thought Patrick Reed would have been a perfect pairing with Bryson because as much as I don't like Patrick Reed, the dude is a scrambling machine and for him to be able to get out of any situation Bryson put him in, I thought they would have been a perfect pairing. Obviously he's not in it, so it's irrelevant, but um, you know, going to Steggy's point, they, all of them are good. Um, 
so they should just be able to figure it out and play together. But I think I think the U.S. team, their issue is they just I think even though they're a part of it, the, they're still competing against each other. You know, it's like they they still want to one up <laughs> their teammates with, oh, I want to get more points than that guy or I want to hit a better shot than this guy. I, I think they're competing more against each other than they are against the Europeans sometimes in the Ryder Cup, and that's kind of their demise. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Actually, both of you. I mean, Steggy, we're just making we're just making excuses on why because on paper it should be a runaway, but uh, let's we're setting ourselves up because we've seen the last um, couple and how they've gone. And Trost, to your point, I mean, it's the reason why you know Tiger Woods's Ryder Cup record isn't near the same as his dominant uh record on tour and it's just it's hard for those guys to separate themselves and and lee to your point just just the buy-in like they say all the right things and they you know they have fun with each other but there isn't there isn't true buy-in it doesn't feel like yet and hopefully hopefully things are uh, are set to change here this year and and we have a different outcome but uh all right, with that, let's jump into one more quick break here, and then let's come down. Let's break. Let's break down these teams a little bit. Let's let's dive into the weeds and and talk about a few of these matchups that we can hopefully see um, from both the the Euro the U.S. team and the Euro team. WB Realty, your premier real estate brokerage. WB has all the tools and resources needed to make your next real estate transaction your best. Go to wbrealty.com to learn more. All right, welcome back to Putters. It's time to break down some teams here. We got to look at first and foremost, the USA, uh, United States team. And before we get into the actual team, Lee, and, and, and some of your coverage that you have, let's take a look at uh, <laughs> let's take a look at these captains uh, that we have on the squad here. And what, I mean, what in the hell is the point of these guys anyway? I mean, do these guys really, really have bring any value to the team? But we have obviously Steve Stricker, um, who who does actually have legitimate roles. But then um, Fred Couples, vice captain, Jim Furyk, vice captain, Zach Johnson, vice captain, D three, vice captain, and Phil, vice captain. I mean, what are these guys bringing to the table? <laughs> well, Phil is bringing. Uh, we didn't have to pick you to the table. Um, I would say plain and simple. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot of people, um, and we talked about it before, like now that he won, like, is he worth a pick just because he does bring to the U S team, what they do need. Like the guy that He's got can probably, yeah. And can play with anybody embraces a Ryder cup, like all those things. But he won, and don't get me wrong, a huge golf tournament this year. But that's pretty much it. And he was not good any other time. Dude, those wins on the senior tour, those don't, those weren't even technically this year, were they? He hasn't played very much. I think he was trying to make the Ryder Cup. <laughs> is. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Zach Johnson – Obviously, we're all huge Zach Johnson fans, but uh, is he gonna is he gonna really dial up the troops up here at Western Straits, or what, what value add is there? I mean, besides <laughs> Phil, don't all those other guys just seem like Steve Stricker? <laughs> all those other guys, they just relay results of holes to Steve Stricker through the earpiece. That's what they do. 
you got this guy, you're going to mentor, you're going to tutor them. Let me know how they did on that whole, oh, they're one down through two. Okay. Onward. Well, I mean, could you imagine like DJ going up to ZJ and be like, Hey, what would you do here? Like, Oh yeah, that's a good player comp. Like Zach Johnson is awesome, but he obviously brings something. They wouldn't have him be that person if he doesn't. But, I mean, these guys are a lot different than those guys, the players versus the, the vice captains, 100 so, of them. So who's going who's gonna to do more? Uh, pick pick one, any one of these vice captains uh, at the Ryder Cup, uh, any, any random day at the Ryder Cup, or uh, um, Coach Staggy at a golf meet. Who, who's, who's getting more done? It's got to be Jason. I mean, he can at least provide some value to them. I mean, you those guys, unless they can make the U.S. players love the Ryder Cup, there's nothing they can do at that point. Like, they're not – but I, I just don't see how those guys are going to fire anybody up about the Ryder Cup. And I should have I should have specified Saggy during during play. I'm sorry, not not necessarily just on on setup or getting the guys going. I'm saying like, are you able to provide much input while you're or the kids are out there? Always provide input. There's some caddy to what you do, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah, they Absolutely. already have those guys. I mean, you watch you watch uh, enough golf shots on one hole and see how the balls react and are seeing how the balls traveling or, you know, distances. Obviously, you can. It's not too hard to get a pretty good feel for. Okay, well, it's actually 165 yards to the pin, but it's playing 180 yards. That's not too hard to comprehend based off of watching some shots. So, no, give a lot of input whether it's well-received or not, that can, be the, <laughs> that can be the challenge. And deciphering that information is the challenge. So you could be a vice captain for the U.S. I was going to say, are you, you, so you provide way more value if you're able to help these guys out with uh, what you've seen and what's gone through um, versus just relaying scores through the earpiece. Well, and one thing's for damn sure, Steggy looks better doing it too mm. when he's out there. Apparel game, apparel game is on point. Every every picture I see from the Wartburg Men's Golf Twitter page. And you, me, and you know, you know there'll be one day where the U.S. will lay an absolute egg in apparel. For sure. Who's the have, who's the sponsor, or is it still um, Ralph Lauren, or who's got it? Yes, is it, it is. Yeah. And we haven't seen any sneak peeks or anything that I've seen. Have you guys seen anything on apparel? Davis Love had an atrocious sweater on. So that's the only thing I've seen. It was ugly. Is uh, Brooksy going to come out in any mocks or anything, I wonder? They get him a special mock? No. Do they have to cut the logo out of JT's shirt? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good call. It'll be a a little homecoming for... JT. Yeah, week. right. Welcome, welcome back, party. Welcome, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, that's uh, that might be a little, a little tough received. So, all right, so let's dive into this, uh, this U.S. team, um, league going through real quick. The uh, top six automatic selections. You have those on your list. Who are the, mm-hmm. who are the six autos? 
Yeah, it was Morikawa, DJ, Bryson, Brooks, JT, and Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay, player of the year. Well-deserved. Do you guys agree with that selection? No, absolutely not. What? Who else would you have picked? Ron. This guy on the Euro team by the name of John Rom. Rambo. I honestly, I don't get, I don't get how he's the player of the year. He won the FedEx Cup. Yeah, but he, like, he still didn't even beat Rom that week. I mean, I know he finished higher, but he didn't beat him. He, you can say what you want. He didn't beat him at Memorial either. That's true. And I mean, what, where else did he win? He won out in California too, right? Can't they? Um, hey, won four times. I don't remember what they all were, but it. I honestly think the Memorial was the deciding factor. I mean, because if Rom, you know, if he's obviously stays healthy, he's going to win that. I think he goes on to just roll from there on out, pretty much like he did. Um, other than the FedEx Cup, obviously, but the FedEx Cup, at least the the Tour Championship, to me, should be completely separate from everything else. I mean, I get that you earn your place in that tournament or to start, but I mean, that, to say you won, that you won a tournament, but it's not like an actual tournament. Anyway, I didn't like the pick. I thought Rom was clearly the PGA Tour Player of the Year. Right, this so, isn't a PGA Tour of the Year podcast. This is a Ryder Cup podcast. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's stay, do it. Stay with the Americans. Um, so those are the six qualifiers, then um, yeah. six captains picks. Berger, English, Finau, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth. And so we talked a little bit uh, in the lead up as far as kind of some of the snubs and Kevin Nanana and uh, Billy Ho, um, obviously Captain America and where he fell on that. Um, I know we've, we're well stated on the pod and, and obviously we've had such a gap, but um, one of the last times I remember talking about Ryder Cup, Staggy's boy, Tony Finau was not on the team. Obviously his game uh, mm-hmm. drastically got better. And so it, it became a no brainer, but uh, any, anybody else? Lee on this team that you're looking at that says, Hey buddy, you better, you better step up. Well, honestly, I'm, I'm a little worried about the form of some of the automatic qualifiers for the Ryder cup. Morikawa has been playing terrible. I know they said he had some sort of injury, but he has been awful. Um, DJ hasn't been very good lately. Brooks is injured and doesn't want to be there. Um, JT is playing better, which is good. I, I like seeing that. I think he is perfect for the Ryder Cup. I think he will be somebody that really embraces it. But, yeah, those those automatic qualifiers, you know, those guys that finish towards the top of the list, you know, with really no way of changing that towards the end of the year, they were, they're not playing well. Yeah, it's hard to uh, – yeah, I, I mean, what do you do? I mean, there's no n- – it seems like no matter what you do, there's always always going to be a loophole and everything. But um, so as we look at these guys, are there are there any two no two uh, or more guys that you're you know that you're going to pair together that are no brainer groups? You know the I think there's a couple guys that are no brainers that they can play with anybody, and, and I just 
kind of commented on, on Morikawa's form, but I think he's one that you can play with anybody. I think Scheffler is one you can play with anybody. Uh, and I think some of this is personality-wise. You know, those guys are not going to get too high or get too low or super frustrated or whatever. Um, but then, you know, like, like a Finau. Okay, so what is the right fit for a Finau? Is there a right fit for the, the format for a, for a Finau? You know, or is he playing that much better where do we need to use him more than a, than a DJ right now just because he's playing better than, than he is? But I would say as far as looking towards a couple guys that I would like to see play together, um, I, I really think, you know, I kind of just dogged on Cantlay. But I would like to see a Cantlay-JT squad. I think maybe, maybe that's putting too much of guys that I think will be good in this format because I think Cantlay will really like being here too, and I think he'll embrace everything. So maybe that's one of those teams you run out early just to maybe set a tone of, of what it's supposed to look like for the U.S. team. What about Jordan and JT? Obviously, those two are basically always mentioned in the same breath. Those guys get like, like to see those two together or keep them split? Well, again, I, I think you maybe that's the team that you see how the first day goes. And like, again, another jumpstart team for the U.S. But at the same time, you know, those guys, uh, Spieth was a little shaky at the end of the season, but, you know, or if I'd said JT or Jordan, but Jordan had played pretty well all year, you know? So like, he might be one of your staples, like, Hey, he's playing really well. Like we can, we need to put so-and-so with him, you know, to, cause he is playing really well, but he would also be a tough one to play with, especially if things are not going well. From a, from a scrambling standpoint, maybe, maybe put Jordan and Bryson together and see how that, uh, see how that shakes out. Yeah. But could those two coexist? I mean, th- again, that's like, it, that's what makes this tough is there's so many personality differences and maybe we just know the American players better and we nitpick because they are American players, but man, there's some major personality clashes that could happen with this team well well the the hard part is is and then we talked about you know a brooks and bryson on how much fun that would be for us as the viewers the thing about this is is you have bryson you have brooks you have spieth um you know but <laughs> but then you have daniel what do you want on your burger and patrick cantley and harris english who i don't even know if we've mentioned harris english yet but i mean you have some of these guys that next to no personality, at least that we get to see, uh, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. And so what kind of energy and fire are they going to bring and, you know, where, where are they going to end up with it? And so, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because I mean, Xander, I mean, is there anybody that Xander can't play with? No, no. I mean, I did. Yeah. And I did see, uh, I've heard rumblings that him and Cantlay, Xander and Cantlay are going to be a team that they run out. They were, they were just vacationing together out in Napa or wherever they were. So all signs are pointing to them at least early on possibly okay. being, being a team. Um, any, any of the, I mean, this is not obviously just for you, Lee, but for any of these guys live 
um, or have a home court that they call home course together. Um, none that I can think of, I guess, looking at this. Does Bryson have a boy? Like, I mean, I'm not saying that that way, but you know, like, does he got a, does he have a friend? Yeah. He's got all those, he's got all those little 22 year olds running around and living with him at his house, but they're obviously not on the Ryder Cup. <laughs> Is that, I, you know, like when you start thinking about, okay, these guys have a friendship, the apparently Xander and Cantlay and the Jordan JT, like does Bryson have anybody? Not that I know of. And Does Brooks have anybody? Well, Brooks and DJ, we thought, remember, until Brooks starts calling them out. So I don't know if those <laughs> – I don't know what those guys' beef is either. And that bubbled over from last last time at the Ryder Cup yeah. as well. So, I mean, do you keep those guys <laughs> – I mean, the fact that we have to talk about who do you split up and not who, you, who do you pair together, I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it bodes well. But, I mean, I think – you know, to your point again, some of these younger guys, I mean, Xander, I mean, Scheffler, these guys you can put anywhere. I feel like Tony probably gets along with everybody. Colin. Um, Matthew yeah, there's, Moore. there's guys, it's like half and half of yeah. guys that can play with anybody. And, and then like, we're not even talking about their games. Like what games would match up well together? Well, it doesn't matter. Cause they don't like, he doesn't like him and he doesn't like him and, <laughs> That guy, he's a hothead. That wouldn't be a good pair with another hothead. Like, it has nothing to do with their games. It's just a personality, just jumbled mess. It, it's no different than, like, the U.S. basketball team this summer, you know, until they finally just said, okay, we know we have the best player in the world, and we're going to let him do his thing. Like, sorry, the rest of you guys aren't the best player in the world. We're going to let KD go be the man. Like, it took that until they were good it's not like that in golf i mean it's they were a jumbled mess of personalities and and shot takers this is like that only you know you can't just throw john rom out there for the europeans and say go win all the matches well and i think even to your point on that with with these guys i mean we look at these guys this game is is there a ton of variation between what any of these guys do really well. I mean, we talked a little bit, obviously, of a, of a Kevin now being able to pour in some putts. And, you know, obviously, Jordan can run as hot as anybody. But, I mean, they all, they all kind of do the same thing, don't they? I mean, yes. I mean, they're all really good at golf. But, again, that's where, like, it doesn't matter. The games don't matter. It's, it's all this other stuff that shouldn't matter that – comes to the top of the list yes I mean, Colin Morikawa can go play with anybody on that team and it doesn't matter if he's got to hit five iron into the green or if he gets hit wedge if he's playing with DJ and he's hitting little wedges into greens but then you're like okay so then the opposite side is now DJ's hitting like maybe a seven iron in well we don't want DJ to hit seven iron we want him to hit wedge I mean I mean that's where he's really good if uh if, if Finau starts putting again like he did at the beginning of the year, I mean, who do you put out there with him to save him on the greens? Finau? Um, I think Finau and – I don't think a Finau-Xander pairing would be an awful thing. I mean – at least you don't have to worry about the other stuff. Like, they'll get along. Who's Harris English's best partner? 
I think anybody with him too. I mean, he's like sneaky long though. You know, well, he's, and, and, and he, playing well. Yeah, he's intriguing because he's been playing really, really well. But it'll just be interesting to see once he gets thrown in there how he reacts to the the atmosphere of the Ryder Cup with it being his first one. That'll just be the interesting thing for me is how he reacts because he like to Lee's point, he's been playing phenomenal golf and so consistent that you could pair him with anybody, but it's just how he'll react is the big key, I think, with him. All right, here's my question. Who plays the least amount of matches on the U.S. team? Brooks? Yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, he just hasn't. I, 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 think, mean, it's, I think it's Brooks or Berger. I, I think, I mean, DJ, I think DJ is a wild card, too. You know, obviously, I'd throw Scheffler in there too. As much, I'd, I'd like to see Scheffler a lot, but I, I just don't know how much he'll. They play. may, they just may need the calming force at some point. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm hoping this starts out well, but what if they're, what if they're down three one after the, the first set of matches, and then it's like, you feel things start to get unraveled. Like, okay, who's the, who's the consistent dude that we could just throw out there? I think you're hoping that that's Morikawa, right? Like you can, okay, let's throw him out there and who, who's, who's getting hot. And I think yeah, two months ago, Morikawa. Yeah, I'm in. And I, I almost, it's JT, gotta be Cantlay. And JT. I think JT, he's, I mean, he's been pretty proven in these type of events too. I think he's a, a, a sure hand. I think the way Cantlay played down the stretch in that FedEx cup too, I think they're going to rely on him to play some solid golf this week. Yeah, I agree. Or this next week. Okay, who scores the most points for the U.S. this week? JT. I agree. Yeah. Because he won't make a putt all year, but then he'll make it at the Ryder Cup. That's how I get – that's the feeling I'm getting. He's got He's got that a little bit of that juice, like when you get him in these events where he'll get, he'll, he'll get fired up and – and get going and he just seems to be informed with it but uh yeah no i, I think jt on that Charles, mr you euro it? what's what's what, what's mr euro doing down there he's he's waiting he's saving all of his cards <laughs> for the euro he, he's just gonna say shane lowry for every 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 pick for the euros i think xander shoffley scores the most points for the u.s Ooh. i'm still gonna go cantley I just think he's been playing playing too well as of late. I'm just sitting over here. I mean, I don't have any worries in my team room over here on Team Euro's side. You guys, I wouldn't either. I'm in, and I'm just looking. I'm like, I compare him with him, him and him, and I don't have to worry about that. Yep, we're good there. Yep, okay. So before we move to your your uh, your team room over there, Staggy, and have everything already all set up. Um, Lee, let me ask you, who are you sending out first and who are you sending out last on Sunday? Uh, well, I will say I'm, I'm sending out first the, the best playing guy of the week that's an automatic qualifier. So whichever one out of those top six is playing the best that week, I think it's going to be JT. I'm sending JT out first, and I'm sending Finau. Outlast. 
Hoping Sun- his match Sun- don't matter. <laughs> Sunday fade Finau. You're sending him out last. I'm gonna send Finau out last and and hope that it doesn't come down to him. But he scares the life out of me on Sunday. But very, how often does the last match make the difference? Yeah. That's well, here's a question too, and this could be a very stupid question, but is it different between the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup in how they pick their groupings? So like for Sunday, for example, do they get to see, you know, because in the President's Cup, I think they go one for one. So, you know, the, the world – puts out their guy says we're throwing this guy out number one and then the u.s can kind of react to that and then the u.s will say all right we're sending this guy out second and then the they get to pick you know so they can kind of you know play games and match people up whereas i think the Ryder cup they just give their list and they say here's what we're doing here's our 12 let's go and it and it lines up the way it does do do you guys know that i i think you're right i think it is it's it's like a baseball lineup card for the Ryder cup and you just put out whoever. Um, Cause I know, and I'm, I wish they would do it like they do the president's cup. So then you could get those really good matches. Cause then it's, I think at the Ryder cup, they just kind of feel each other out to say, okay, I think they're going to put Ron here. So we're going to throw this guy here. Whereas just let them go head to head, you know, adjust on the fly. If, if they put Ron third, well, you want whoever to play against Ron, throw him in there. Let's go. I, I think if we don't get Cantlay Rom on Sunday for the unofficial PGA Tour Player of the Year match, then we're all being let down. So Team Euro over there, make it happen. Figure it out. I'm going to give you this one. You throw Fino as the last guy off on Sunday. I'm pretty sure that Matt Kuchar was the last guy off on Sunday at Hazeltine. So that just shows you the how irrelevant it is that they would just throw Kucher back there. Cause they know they don't want his match to freaking count. Mm-hmm. It'll you be compared. It, you just compared Finau to Kucher essentially. And I'm not, it'll be, one. it'll be Finau Weisberger the last match on <laughs> Sunday. Guaranteed. <laughs> Finau, Matt's fit, Matt Fitzpatrick. Oh gosh. Six, oh. seven versus five, six. <laughs> Uh, with that let's uh let's take a look over across the pond here and take a look at this euro team our our expert um seggy's got the total breakdown on these euros and it sounds like he's just been kicked back uh relaxing (laughs) over there not 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 too much uh sweating over there but uh i gotta be honest you're gonna have to completely fill me in Uh, obviously i know uh some of the top guys but Six six top qualifiers um, on the Euro team. Who do we have? Oh, they wrong, have nine. Wrong. Nine, oh, nine. qualifiers. So the Euro side's a little different here. We had nine automatic qualifiers. Uh, a little bit based off the race to Dubai standings and then the official uh, world uh, points list there as well. So the nine automatic qualifiers starts with world number one, John Rom. I mean, starts from there. You got to start with the man up top. Uh, Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood. T. Rel Hatton, Burned Weisberger, Vic Hovland, Paul Casey, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Lee Westwood are your nine auto qualifiers. Now, in contrary to the U.S., the captain's picks have slightly more experience than the U.S. side. So this, the uh, captain's picks for the Euros were Sergio Garcia, who is now 
Uh, he's got a Ryder Cup record of 22, 12, and 7. We're screwed. Ian Poulter with a 14, 6, and 2 Ryder Cup record. Screwed. And Shane Lowry, who's a rookie. So two of the three significant experience in the Ryder Cup. So uh, you're looking at the tail of two teams here. I mean, you're looking at the U.S. who's got a lot of chemistry issues, and you're looking at the Euros who I'm looking up and down this roster and I don't know if there's a guy that you can't pair with somebody else. And I agree. They can play well. And we talked about it earlier in the pod, but I think the biggest difference is like these guys, I think the Euros are, they thoroughly enjoy seeing their teammates be successful. And on the other side, I don't think the U.S. does. I think you have guys that are either envious, jealous, you name it, whatever it is. Uh, like you talked about, you know, they're competing against, their U.S. teammate in the match against the right or against the Euros. So I really think the Euros just, I think that they thoroughly enjoy seeing each other be successful and, and winning matches. And obviously then they've had a lot of success in the Ryder Cup, but no, I was delegated this responsibility to talk about the Euros. I'm not saying the Euros are going to win uh, and I don't want them to win, but I got to do my due diligence here. So if we're going through the roster, I, I mean, I think, this whole thing starts with John Rahm and Rory McIlroy. I, I mean, as you're looking through it, uh, I think it starts with those two guys. And for them to have a chance to win the Ryder Cup, those two guys have to play really good. I mean, I think that's where it starts, and it's going to be a trickle-down effect. Now, you do have the experience on the back end. Like you said, you have Sergio, you have Ian Poulter, guys that can – I mean, Ian Poulter has never lost a singles match. He's 5-0-1 in his Ryder Cup history. So uh, you got guys that have the experience, have been there, know what it's all about, can go through the ups and downs of the Ryder Cup and the swings that can happen. Uh, and so I think you got the two guys up front with Rom and Rory, and then you got the experience with Sergio, and you got uh, Poulter back there as well. And then you got guys that are just playing really, really good too. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a Paul Casey fan, but Paul Casey has had – in an extremely solid year. And I think you know what you're going to get with, with him when you throw him out there uh, in a match. Lee Westwood, tons of experience in the Ryder Cup. He's got a 20-18-6 and six overall record in the Ryder Cup. Uh, I mean, if you're above 500, you're obviously doing something right. So uh, you got good experience there. Now, that dude is 48 years old, so we'll see how it stacks up with the entire week. And then the young guys that I think are, you know, we'll see how they react when, when things start getting going. But Patton has only played in one Ryder Cup. He's one and two uh, in his career. Burned Wiesberger has not appeared in a Ryder Cup. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick appeared in 2016 at Hazeltine. He went 0-2. I uh, played the least matches out of anybody there on the European side. And then you go down the list and you got Vic Hovland, who's appearing in his first Ryder Cup as a rookie. Uh, I think Hovland's going to have a really good week for the Euro team. I, I think he's kind of the guy that might get you two and a half, three points potentially if he plays in, uh, you know, all four of the, the team side of things and then the singles too. So I think he can get you two and a half to three points on that side of things. And you got Lowry, who's obviously relatively new too. So the one guy I didn't touch on much, Tommy Fleetwood, also in the mix, has good history uh, from his time in the Ryder Cup, four and one. Uh, now, we know he played with Francesco Molinari when Molinari was unreal, uh, kind of in the best stretch of golf that he played when they played in France at Le National Golf Club. Uh, so I think Fleetwood's a little bit of, because he hasn't had a great year, I don't think. Uh, he did win on the Euro Tour, but 
I don't think he's had a great year overall from his standards. So, but the thing that I said previously, and I'll reiterate it, chemistry is on their side and something that they have done well over the years. And yeah, the U.S. is a heavy favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Euro jump out to a, a good start. So obviously it's hard to, to criticize the success that they've had, but any snubs? We have any guys, Robbie Mack or any of these guys that maybe potentially could have earned or should have been on their way if, if the Lifetime Achievement Award wasn't handed out? I mean, Bobby Mack potentially uh, had a good year. Young guy out there. I uh, played well on the PGA Tour this year. I think the big name that everybody talked about or has been brought up, Justin Rose, left off the, the Ryder Cup team. But, I mean, in all honesty, I don't feel like Justin Rose is on the say. Yeah, he can play really good, but also his bad has been really bad this year too. So, I uh, just hasn't been as consistent as we've typically seen Justin Rose be. Uh, so a little bit surprised maybe there, not getting a, a captain selection. But when you're looking at the list of if you're looking at four guys and or five guys and you have Rose, Bobby Mack, and then you throw in Poulter, Sergio, and uh, Shane Lowry. I mean, essentially, I think it comes down to Lowry and the two guys that were left off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit, but. I don't think as much controversy with the picks as maybe the whole Captain America thing on the U.S. side with Patrick Reed and what they have going on there. So a little bit of surprise, but I don't think it's on. Who's uh, who seems like the right fit for Rombo? You know, like I, I don't see a bad fit anywhere. The, maybe the worst fit for Rombo might be Hatton because they can both run hot at times if they're not playing great. I, I think, I mean, I think you could put Fleetwood with them and they could be really successful. I think you could put, I mean, I think you could put Sergio with them and they could be really good. I mean, Sir, you know, Rom might be hitting it so close that Sergio's putter, I mean, it's really bad, but it might be, he might be hitting it so close that it doesn't matter how bad it is. Uh, he might be able to make those. I, I, the one that I do think, I think you could put Lowry with Rom and those guys could be really solid for whatever reason. I, it's just kind of a weird feeling that I get that those two guys could be really deadly together. Um, I, I, as soon as, as soon as you said Fleetwood, I'm like, how do you try to, to, to catch that lightning in a bottle again and let him just get hot with the dude and just kind of ride the coattails and hit some shots in there. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who they roll out. What about, what about our guy, big Dick Vic? I mean, you put them with a, a, a vet. Does that does that make the most sense with one of these old timers? I, I mean, I think you might see a a Poulter Vic matchup together. Poulter bringing the energy. Vic's a young guy that can obviously move it out there quite a ways. Uh, really solid iron player too. And if I mean, they might be in a foursomes, and if you can get. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, in the foursomes. And if you can get Hovland hitting approach shots and Poulter rolling in some putts, that might be a, a pretty deadly combo there. Uh, I think you could also see Rory and Hovland together. The one that I wouldn't do is Rom Rory. I don't think I would have them paired together at all throughout the course of things. And I don't think we'll see that. But I could see uh, Rory and Hovland paired together as well. 
Yeah, no, that's, I'm sitting here. There's, you don't have the personality. We don't, you don't have the shit to deal with on this side as I'm going through. I mean, like, oh man, you got to keep these guys split up. It's just a matter of uh, these guys might work better than others. And um, like you said, you just kind of figure it out as you go along. It feels like you can mix and match those guys as well. And I then, actually, I actually think you're going to see now that I, I think a little bit more about it. I think you're going to see Casey and Hovland together. Okay. Steady Casey. You got Hovland who can obviously be really good, but he had some stretches where he didn't play great, but I think you're going to see Casey and Hovland together. Mark that one down. So that way when it happens on day one, we can check that off the box. I think no, no question. We get Rom Sergio. Team Spaniard. The Spaniards. And, and if we could trade Brooks for Vic Hovland, that would be good. I think. <laughs> no, no <laughs> trades. No, tra- you'd have to send over cash. What? You'd have to send over cash considerations too. So why, why could Vic have been born in the U.S.? There's no drama with him. He's yeah. just what we need for the U.S. team. Yeah, there's no. If if I was looking through the the Euro roster. Where does where does the drama come from? Maybe Hatton should be an American because there could be some drama there. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't but get mad at anyone else. He'll just bash just, clubs over his own head for his own stupid shot. He'll seven putt quick and then he'll move on. He and might check. Guys, he might check a club out in Lake Michigan and move yeah. on. Yeah, you know, he'll get to the next team. He'll be all right. And those guys are all chummy together. They'll all be eating hot dogs and whatever together. You know, afterwards. I mean, guys, you, you know when the round's over. Hatton is like the life of the party. Oh, he's going to be killing some hounding beers. Hounding what? beers. Here, here's the – okay. Euros win. They're going to be having themselves a jolly old time. The U.S. wins. You're going to see Brooks and Bryson over there have share, you know, clinking glasses together, having a beer. Like, what's that U.S. – what's that U.S. celebration look like? Bro- Brooks will be the third match on Sunday – He'll win two and one, and then he'll just leave. I was gonna say half those guys will be on a net jet by the by the time the last group comes through. Bryson's got the world long drive competition right afterwards, so he'll be he'll be off to that. Uh, how much uh, how much is uh, Vice Captain Martin Keimer going to be able to bring to these guys with his experience at the Straits? I mean, nothing. <laughs> let's let's be real. Those dudes will they'll. He'll say some stuff, but those guys are going to play their game. He's just going to – he's still thankful that DJ grounded his club in a waste bunker. He probably would have lost that thing. What a joke. Because it Dude. was – what was the three-band? It was Keimer, Bubba, yeah. DJ. I mean Bubba. So, he's just good. It's just a good thing that DJ grounded his club. Do we know how they're playing those? Are they – how are they playing? Have we heard anything on the way – are they playing those waste bunkers? Well, you can the new you can ground your club in a waste bunker now. I right. Mean, I mean, they will play it. You you'll be able to ground your club out there on all of them, unless it's probably defined as a bunker where it's enclosed. I would guess that you'll be able to ground your club anywhere out there. Would be my assumption. And I guess Charles, maybe up to you. I mean, how how distinct are the quote unquote hazards versus the waste bunkers? they're pretty defined. Like, you know, you think a hole one, hole one's a pretty, I mean, it's, it's a handshake opening hole, but it's just, 
one continuous sand dune up the whole entire left side, but then they have pretty defined quote unquote bunkers on the course too as well. So, uh, but the, the thing with, the thing with when I played it compared to when they're going to play playing it, there's grandstands up half of the left side of number one. So what I saw is sand is all, you know, part of the, uh, the stadium. So or surrounding it. So. It'll be, that'll be interesting. That'll it'll be fun to see what they do, but all right. So Staggy, who, uh, who are the euros sending out first? If, uh, if Rombo struggles. You talking about on Sunday on Sunday? Yes. Well, I, I think Rory's going out first, no matter what. I mean, I, I don't think Rom's going out first. I think Rory's going out first. And I think you got, I mean, you got Burnley. Rory, JT on Sunday, sign me up. I'm in for that. You got uh, either Burned Weisberger or Matthew Fitzpatrick going out last is my take on things. If you're going Sunday singles, I think it's Rory first. I think you're going to have, I think you're going to have Rom slotted in there probably in the two through four somewhere. Uh, you're going to have Poulter right in that three, four, five mix. Uh, you're probably going to have Sergio somewhere in the middle. Uh, you'll probably have Fleetwood right there in the middle. I think Hovland's got to be up there somewhere. I would say Hovland's probably up there. Uh, Casey's probably in that middle to bottom half. I think Rory's going out first. I, I, can, can you imagine if this comes down to skinny fat Matt and uh, Tony on Sunday in the final group? That would be awesome. And how about a, a contrasting of styles if that were the case? You'd have oh, Tony man. just bombing it everywhere and Fitzpatrick flipping a 295-yard driver out there and then just scrambling his butt off. That would be uh, that would be uh, wild. That's for sure. Uh, so who's gonna score? Who do you got scoring the most points for the Euros? You were throwing some numbers out there, two and a half. What do you who's who do you think is gonna score the most? Paul Casey. Cool. Mm. Paul Casey's gonna get some favorable matchups. I think he's going to be paired with some good players, and he's gonna play solid. And though he might be on an upset or two for some matchups. And he's going to get paired against Daniel DB straight vibing on Sunday and just take him to the woodshed. Let's be, let's be at least honest with ourselves here. Paul Casey had a better year than most of the guys on this team individually. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's not like he needs to be paired with John Rahm to go win some matches. I mean, there would be guys probably on that team that would say, I want to be paired with Paul Casey with the way he played this year. He had a better year than Fleetwood. He had a better year than Hatton, Weisberger, Fitzpatrick, Westwood. I mean, it's if Rory wouldn't have won at Quail Hollow, you probably would have said Casey mm -hmm. had a better year than Rory. But since he won, you probably yeah. give the nod to Rory. I mean, he had a better year than Sergio. He had a better year than Poulter on tour. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Who's going to – Who's going to find themselves uh, in the clubhouse drinking the most Guinness because they're not playing? Burned Wiesberger. Mm -hmm. No love. Lee Westwood. Uh, Lee Westwood. 
Yeah, West. He's 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 on the he's on the how old is he now? Forty nine. He's on the forty nine fade because he's been hot. He had a really yeah good run right away. My distinct memory of Lee Westwood is at the twenty sixteen Ryder Cup Hazel Team during the practice round. He was standing on the ninth tee, uh, people walking probably seventy yards in front of him, just spectators walking. That's where they crossed, and he just he just firing balls into the ninth fairway. (laughs) There was no one else with him, but. What was crazy was you looked up there and you could dang near throw a blanket over where all his balls at. I mean, he could, he struggled. That was a year he was really struggling too. But he was just, he was just firing balls over top of all the spectators. Do you think that there's a chance that this Euro team gets boat raced though? I don't think so. They're going to be able to hang? Yeah. Even I, if- I don't think there's a chance. I don't think either team. I mean, as, as much as many flaws as there are personality-wise with the U.S., I mean, they're still the most talented team. What do you consider boat raced here? Like 18 to 10? That would yeah. be a boat race. Yeah, that, that would – like maybe 16, a little – not yeah. Maybe, maybe 16, six. 12? Yeah. I mean, I think team chemistry is worth about two and a half points, so – I think it's, I mean, I think the U.S. wins, but I think it's going to be, I think the U.S. scores 15. All right, so you have the U.S. winning. Are they ahead or behind going into Sunday? Uh, I have them winning, being behind on going into Sunday. Tied? Tied. Tied. Tros, who? I have them down going into Sunday. U.S. wins. Sunday comeback. B.C.? Yep, same. Trosty. Losing. I mean, I'm going out on the limb here saying tied. That's, that's doesn't happen very often. Going into are, Sunday that's like, yeah, that's like plus 700. <laughs> I, I knew you'd come with the odds on, on that one. <laughs> Here's what a about, question for what you about guys. you. Hold on, Lee. What do you got? I think the Euros are up on going into Sunday. I think the Euros win. Oh, I do. Wow. I just I I I don't want them to win. But if I'm like, I definitely have my betting hat on. Like the number for the Euros is far too good to not bet on it. Well, that's that's different than saying but I, it's gonna win. I mean, I I hope I'm wrong with the personality thing, but I. I do think the the talent versus team thing, like in a lot of sports, I'm going to take talent and just hopefully it figures it out. But there is something different with this. And until the U.S. can figure out a way to to manage those personalities, I, I just think it's a tough it's a tough matchup in a tough format for them. We might have to have an emergency pod on Wednesday after I see with my own two eyes how the U.S. dynamic is. Who's yeah. walking with who? Yeah. How many, how many practice round groups will the U.S. have? <laughs> Ten. <Twelve>. Eight. <laughs> Bryson playing by himself. Kepka playing by himself. They'll all be playing by themselves. Be, and the, and the Euros, and Jordan will be the only one the playing Euros together. will be playing in a 12-some. Yeah. The Euros will be just straight rolling down the fairway like it's 8.30 on a July night. 
Yeah. Uh, and they join five groups together. Yeah. Yeah. So we let's, have, let's hope talent wins. I hope talent wins, but I'm nervous. All right. So we have three to three to one on our, um, to win predictions. Um, both teams combined here, taking both squads and who's the top performer. Um, who, do, who do you like it coming out with the most points or winning the biggest matches? Cause they could end up with about the same points who, who at the end of this, who are you going to say if they're awarding an MVP, regardless of if their team won or not, who do you think? Well, I said Xander was going to win the most points on the U S and I said that Casey on the Euro. So one of those two, <laughs> I'm picking a biggest or highest point score for the U S and euros. And that's why I'm going Xander and Casey. Lee, what do you think? Who's going to be, who's, who are we going to remember the 20, the 2020 Ryder cup? Are they still calling? It? Is it going to be the 2020 Ryder Cup? Yeah. Who are we going to Who are we going to remember? And be like, dude, that guy. I I think this will be the time that we look back and say, man, do you remember Vic Hovland's first Ryder Cup? Okay, Chelsea, what do you got, man? From a U.S. standpoint, I'm struggling between JT and Cantlay because one of those two, I think, is going to get matched up against Rom quite a bit. And so I think whichever one doesn't is going to have the most points on the U.S. Weak answer. Go try again. Well, well so, yeah, you didn't – you kind of dodged the question a little bit. So, I mean, we can't sort He's of remember one of those got- guys. Like, who are we going to remember? Are you going to be 2020 Ryder Cup? Remember when Rom kicked everybody's teeth in? Like what do you what's what are we gonna say? What's the takeaway on Sunday night? Uh, I kind of want to agree with Lee that uh, Hovland's gonna be be a story uh, from the Euro side, but if I had to put money on, I think Cantlay's gonna keep rolling. He's gonna be he's gonna will the U.S. team to victory. So that would be awesome. And then Berger makes the putt to clinch it. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> Daniel, what do you want on your burger? If there was a jacket on the line, if they gave a Ryder Cup winning jacket, maybe Berger would have a chance. He, he tends Only to do well in those events. Plaid. But he loves it. Um, no, I, I think it, I agree with the, the Vic Hovland. Um, that's, a, that's a good answer in the fact that his team can lose and you can still be remember. Oh yeah. You know, Vic Hovland's first Ryder cup. Um, but I, I, I mean, not to specifically say one person, but I think that um, this is, I, I will say, I'll give you the name if you need one, but I, I think this is going to be the one where you're going to be like, man, there was some dysfunction, but the United States figured it out. Um, I think this is the year that we're going to be like, okay, finally, finally was able to put it together. And maybe it's just because the guys are going to play well and, they have way more talent, but uh, um, I think it, just to stick with the theme that I've kind of been saying, I think this is the year that uh, that JT starts to starts to step up and and be that be that guy where it's like, all right, Ryder Cup, JT's the one. He's going, you know, he's going at these guys and and getting some tough wins, and you know, you put them with Jordan, and they're gonna it's gonna be exciting. And so sometimes it's not always the best golf but the most exciting golf that we remember and so um that's where i'm at with it but uh 
All right. Anything, any other takeaways, things that uh, looking forward to that you're going to remember that anything that our listeners need to know before we cut out and, uh, and start preparing for the Ryder cup guys. I have one. Be, sorry. Go I, ahead. Steggy. I'm just going to say, I'm going to be crushing that merch tent. <laughs> so if anybody needs some merch, let me know. I'll be right there with you. Um, <laughs> One thing I was going to ask you guys was, is six captain's picks good or bad for the U.S.? Would you like there to be more captain's picks or less? Because, like, as Stegy was rattling off the Europeans, they only get three, and that's what the U.S. used to have. Stricker got six this year. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, if there was more captain's picks, it would have been the same group of guys, right? Because you're not turning down the last three auto qualifiers. Correct? Right. I mean, if you're going nine captain's picks, you're not not taking both Cantley, one of the last ones that was auto, and I mean, you're not not taking those guys. So, I, I guess, what would you think about having more captain's picks? What if what if he was captain's picks twelve? You Do you eliminate? 12? Yeah. Like, do you eliminate the qualifying, the point system? Do you kind of go, I mean, now all of a sudden, I mean, we're talking about some of these guys that are, have obviously qualified and that we're nervous about, but. I don't, but I don't, I don't see if you had 12 captain's picks, how you would not take Morikawa or DJ or. I know, like but I, do you not take a Brooks then? Do you not take Bryson? He's saying, do you not, do you not? I mean, do you though? I mean, I think that's a legit question. After what he said, is, is but he, he already really... said it after he was picked. <laughs> that is I mean, true. it would have already, he said it after the picks would already have been in. So, but is that something like if these guys are, are they able to, you know, get a finger on the pulse of what's going on and be like, hey, this dude's just not really into this? Like, you know, do, do you take a page from the Euro and find, hey, these two guys play together really well, regardless of, you know, maybe you eliminate some of the craziness that's going on by, you know, having, having a Billy Ho in there that plays well with somebody or that is playing hot at the end of the year. I don't know. The only thing I don't like about this is that how many ever there are we only talk about like the first few and the points standings that are the snubs when I wish we would just, just give us 10 guys and then you just pick two, whoever, and let's like quit saying, well, how do you not pick the 11th guy or how do you not pick whatever number it is? Like that's the only part that I don't really like. Cause it's such a, this one was such a long points gathering system that somebody that's in that list, I mean, at the, at, at the end of the day, who cares? We want to get the 12 guys that we think make the best team, you know, and I, so I don't know. I, to me, I, I almost like less captain's picks if we're going to do it that way and just say, all right, you got to make it to this number. And then you're in so we can stop saying, well, geez, how didn't I get picked? And I was number whatever, like just either say pick them or don't pick them. As little controversy as possible. I think. Yeah. So tw- just 12 autos. 12 autos to play your way in. Give me, Either do it or don't. 
10 or 11 autos and then you get the the last man standing yeah no no ricky fowler sponsors exemptions into the Ryder cup i mean ricky was on the short list for me if i was picking <laughs> i'm surprised he's not a vice captain i'm taking him ahead of webb simpson who was a whatever 13th on the standing so be gone webb be gone Oof. i'm like playing that bad yeah I, <laughs> I was gonna say i mean geez but all right guys well uh, that does a little bit of a marathon uh here if you stuck on with us for this long we we truly appreciate you listening um and uh following along with the journey we're gonna be excited well, like i said stay tuned for whatever emergency pod or whatever comes out of of the results and how the Ryder cup shakes out and um, boots on the ground obviously with trosty and steggy uh get an opportunity to go over there and get some insight um, maybe maybe break a few stories on twitter too so if you're not following us on there make sure you jump on twitter follow two pub pod um as always this is iowa's number one golf podcast the two pub podcast and we'll catch you on the next tee